roads are clear as I set off from Vancouver, Washington, toward Interstate 5. It's early, and I don't have to be in Seattle until 2 this afternoon. Fortunately, Kate has lent me her sporty Mercedes CLK. I'm not sure Wanda, my old VW Beetle, would make the journey in time. Oh, the Merce is a fun drive, and the miles slip away as I hit the pedal to the metal. My destination is the headquarters of Mr. Gray's Global Enterprise. It's a huge 20-story office building, all curved glass and steel, an architect's utilitarian fantasy, with Gray House written discreetly in steel over the glass front doors. It's a quarter to two when I arrive, greatly relieved that I'm not late as I walk into the enormous and, frankly, intimidating glass, steel, and white sandstone lobby. Behind the solid sandstone desk, a very attractive, groomed, blonde young woman smiles pleasantly at me. She's wearing the sharpest charcoal suit jacket and white shirt I have ever seen. She looks immaculate. I'm here to see Mr. Gray, Anastasia Steele for Catherine Cavanaugh. Excuse me one moment, Miss Steele. She arches her eyebrow as I stand self-consciously before her. I'm beginning to wish I'd borrowed one of Kate's formal blazers rather than worn my navy blue jacket. I have made an effort and worn my one and only skirt, my sensible brown knee-length boots, and a blue sweater. For me, this is smart. I tuck one of the escaped tendrils of my hair behind my ear as I pretend she doesn't intimidate me. Miss Cavanaugh is expected. Please sign in here, Miss Steele. You'll want the last elevator on the right. Press for the twentieth floor. She smiles kindly at me, amused, no doubt, as I sign in. She hands me a security pass that has Visitor very firmly stamped on the front. I can't help my smirk. Surely it's obvious that I'm just visiting. I don't fit in here at all. Nothing changes. I inwardly sigh. Thanking her, I walk over to the bank of elevators and pass the two security men who are both far more smartly dressed than I am in their well-cut black suits. The elevator whisks me at terminal velocity to the 20th floor. The doors slide open and I'm in another large lobby, again all glass, steel, and white sandstone. I'm confronted by another desk of sandstone and another young blonde woman, this time dressed impeccably in black and white, who rises to greet me. Miss Steele, could you wait here, please? She points to a seated area of white leather chairs. Behind the leather chairs is a spacious glass-walled meeting room with an equally spacious dark wood table and at least 20 matching chairs around it. Beyond that, There is a floor-to-ceiling window with a view of the Seattle skyline that looks out through the city toward the sound. It's a stunning vista, and I'm momentarily paralyzed by the view. Wow. I sit down, fish the questions from my backpack, and go through them, inwardly cursing Kate for not providing me with a brief biography. I know nothing about this man I'm about to interview. He could be 90 or he could be 30. The uncertainty is galling and my nerves resurface, making me fidget. I've never been comfortable with one-on-one interviews, 
preferring the anonymity of a group discussion where I can sit inconspicuously at the back of the room. To be honest, I prefer my own company, reading a classic British novel curled up in a chair in the campus library, not sitting twitching nervously in a colossal glass-and-stone edifice. I roll my eyes at myself. Get a grip, Steele? Judging from the building, which is too clinical and modern, I guess Gray is in his 40s, fit, tanned, and fair-haired to match the rest of the personnel. Another elegant, flawlessly dressed blonde comes out of a large door to the right. What is it with all the immaculate blondes? It's like Stepford here. Taking a deep breath, I stand up. Miss Steele, the latest blonde asks. Yes, I croak and clear my throat.